Um, okay, so I'm Caroline. I'm a compulsive overeater, bulimic. Hi. Um, and thank you to the people that stood and um, read. I love how it works um, because that's the deal right there. Like, that's how it works. Um, and I just stand here and explain how through my life, my experience, that's it. That's all I have. How I live to the best of my ability according to this, doing what this said. Because I've done all of these things. Um, I have exclaimed what an order I can't go through with it. Um, I have admitted that I'm a compulsive overeater. I've continued to take personal inventory. You know, like that's my, like that's why I'm here. That's why I'm standing here. Essentially sitting in a minute, sitting now. Um, so Carol, thank you for asking me to lead. And um, to everybody with the hand signals, like you're all very familiar. I'm familiar to you. I've just chopped my hair off, which is a big, can I swear in here? Is that cool? I know I'm being recorded. Okay. Um, it was a big fucking deal because uh, for multiple reasons. One, hair is a big definition of who I was, I think. Um, and it's also something to hide in. Because when you have all this hair in this business, you can't, really, you can't really see me. I can hide. I can get away with things. If these aren't sticking out the way I want them to, I can hide in my hair. Um, and uh, I always wanted to chop it off and feel some freedom. And it may sound silly, gentlemen. Um, less hairy gentlemen, you know what I'm talking about. Like, there you are. I'm here. Like, this is it. You know, there's nowhere to hide. Like, I can put a bobby pin in my head, but that's about it. So, um, okay. So, uh. So I have a wedding this afternoon, not mine, <laughs> although maybe by the next time I lead, it will be mine. Um, and, you know, it's, what is it, 9, nine 10 right now? I'm pretty certain how it's going to go tonight, you know? Um, not that I know everything, but, I, you know, I've been to some, some weddings before, and I kind of know how it's going to go. I'm pretty sure that after almost eight years in here, the intention that I'm going in with is how it's going to end up at, you know, one o'clock in the morning or whatever I'm going home. And that was not the case. Because, it, like, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to get woozy and maybe pass out a little bit or get a little, like, because I haven't eaten in three days to fit into the dress, you know? And can look better than the bride because that was also, you know, <laughs> look what you could have had, bro. You're getting married, you know, like that was. And secondly, it's not going to end in a mess of like lace and taffeta, taffeta, not taffy, which is the material that dresses are made out of, you know, with me forcefully vomiting from having drank so much because how the hell else do you get through a wedding of people you don't know when you haven't eaten and you're fucking terrified all the time? You know what I mean? Those two things aren't going to happen because, one, I have eaten in the past three days. And, two, though I know this is Overeaters Anonymous, I've also let go of other things that I used. Because this is the mothership program to me. And I used to drink when I couldn't eat because it made it easier. So that is as a result of almost eight years in here, you know? Like, I'm going to be of service to a friend who's getting married. I would like to have a really good time, too, because I don't really get fun Saturday nights a lot, and I'm wearing a pretty dope dress. That's great. But, like, one of those three scenarios is not going to happen. You know what I mean? I'm going to go to sleep tonight knowing what happened the past five hours, you know? Um, so, anyway, um, so, okay, so, yeah. Uh, I, am a, uh, I am a compulsive overeater and a bulimic. Um, Bulimia, I feel like, was my, my out, my, uh, my way of not having to be accountable for either what I was feeling 
which you caused, thank you very much, or um, what I ate, you know, like quite literally I could eat, I could eat it all and then get rid of it and it didn't count and it didn't matter and you didn't know. And uh, that's pretty much how I lived the first 20 something years of my life. Um, not being accountable, getting away with things. I didn't do it, I don't know. I didn't eat it because it didn't show up on, on, on me. I don't know, I bought another one so you never knew that I actually did indeed eat it. You know, All this like arranging so that you just didn't know that at the end of the day what you said really hurt. And I didn't know how to say ouch or, or feel it. I just was like, how do I get through the day? Um, uh, so yeah, so why I'm standing here is to tell you again, like I said, like how it works and, and, and um, what I did and what it was like for those of you that stood that said that you were new. Um, this is the guideline and I think hearing that with like virgin ears, so to speak, might be like, what? And then to have somebody stand up and say, what I put in my mouth is not up to me. You'd be like, what? What? What do you mean it's not up to me? Because if I could just learn how to eat in a certain way, then I'd be this size, then it would be okay. Like, that's how I lived, you know? And, the, you know, for the, for the first 20-some-odd years of my life, to come in here to hear it's not up to me, there's a, a God of what? A God of my understanding, like, if I don't have the final say. Like, all of these things were such new ways of thinking. And it took a while to get it that it starts in my brain. Like I have an obsession of the mind. My brain is fucked when it comes to this stuff. When it comes to, to, to me and my life and how I'm gonna get through the day and what I'm gonna eat and what I'm gonna look like and how's it gonna fit and all this stuff. Like I'm not gonna have a good thought about that. And I'm not gonna have a helpful one. And I've learned that being in here because I thought, well, if I could just follow the diet plan or I just read that you're supposed to exercise that. But if I could just do that, why can't I do that? I'm 20-something. I went through, I went through college. God knows how I got through college, P.S. <laughs> Holy shit. I really don't know. Simply because I spent so much time in this spiral of the food and the drink. Well, if I drink that and if I smoke, then I won't live. Then I had, like, that's a lot. I don't know. I really don't know how I graduated. But I did. Um, I'm a smart person, so why can't I just figure this out? It says just to eat this thing. Why can't, why can't I? And that had me on my knees, literally and figuratively, so many times because I couldn't eat just that. And then I would have a little bit more than just that, and then, well, the day or the night or the week was fucked anyway, so I might as well keep going. And then I've gone so bad, and I haven't. I'm like, oh, no, let's get rid of it. That was the whole spiral. Um, and uh, there's always been... Uh, in my experience, a lot of shame around food growing up. Um, we didn't have like the fun treats in the house and all that kind of stuff. So when I got to a friend's house that had it, like game on, it was so exciting to open a pantry and see these, like, what is that? Get let me at it, you know? And I would, and I would, you know, like, this is so fun. And then I would resent my parents because we didn't have the fun snacks and all of that kind of stuff. And um, that stopped working. Because when you're a kid and you're heavy, it's hard. <laughs> People aren't so nice. Your brain isn't so nice to you. So then I, then I, I, don't, I remember the day that I was like, wait a second, hold, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. I can do all of this and, like I said, get rid of it so that it may not show and I, I won't have to have the seams of the little girl dresses made larger so that I could fit in it. There was a way around all of this. Holy, this is amazing. And... Um, 
that's what I did. That's what got me through high school. That's what got me through college. Was just this mathematics, and I was still controlling it all. I was going to control the shit out of what you thought of me, you know. And if I could just get it all, so that. And then I could literally let it out, go do what I want to do, and go get it on with my food and be by myself. Because that's all I ever wanted. Because the food, you know, would never, never let me down. You know, it would never hurt my feelings. Um, all of, uh, just all of that kind of thinking where I was too afraid to relate to people on a, on, a, on a level where not everything has to be pretty. I don't have to be pretty all the time. I can be hurt some of the time, you know. And that was new to me. Um, so... Uh, it's all kind of mysterious, this room, I feel like, or these rooms, that, you know, we don't advertise. And there isn't, there isn't a TV channel that you might turn on and see, like, hey, come do away. You know, we all came in here through whatever channels we did. Some were eskimo some, I don't know, you heard about it or maybe you sat in, in your religious practice and saw those on the wall. Well, maybe I'll check that out. But we all sort of migrate and end up in here. And, like, thank fucking God that this room does exist, you know? Because um, however, however we all, or for me, I should say, however I ended up here, this was the only place to go. You know, I could read one more diet or one more book about how to do it right. I gave that up. I don't know how to do it because it, I always failed. I would always fail at fixing it and making it, making myself fit in this perfect little box. I could never do that. But I came in here and it wasn't about that. I was told to ad- admit that I was powerless over food. I thought, how am I, what, over food? Like that's such a simple basic thing. I don't know how to, eh, and I'd get so angry about that until yeah, I just, I'm just powerless over it. Fuck. Because every time I got in the ring with it, it ended, it ended poorly. You know, sometimes I won for the day, for the minute, and then it was just on that much harder the next day or the next time I, I started. Well, time flies when you're <laughs> telling your story. Um, so uh, it, was all, it was all about control. I'm going to control my experience because if I can just get to a certain way, then it's all going to be okay. I didn't, not even great. Like, I just wanted it okay, you know. Um, and I, I heard a lot when I first came in, you know, about this, this life um, beyond my wildest dreams. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, how long do I have to be before it gets beyond my wildest dreams? And does that mean money? Does that mean prestige? Does that mean the career? Like, what's that? I think it means, like, I'm going to get through this wedding without throwing up from having drank so much or without passing out from having not eaten. This is what I mean. I have a pretty, pretty rad life right now, but that's the cash and prizes. I have a different experience. You know what I mean? And it doesn't, it doesn't guarantee that your life's going to be without, or my life is going to be without pitfalls and things that suck, but I just don't have to do what I used to do about it. It doesn't have to affect me in the same way. Uh, things bother me. Things hurt my feelings still. But I, I don't go straight to the dirty, sexy aisle in the grocery store anymore. I have the same thoughts. And then usually it's a phone call. And the phone calls to the sponsor, that same one that I've had since I walked in. Who knows the story? She knows more about me than anyone. I'm going to repeat that. My sponsor knows more about me than anyone. 
people know bits and pieces, family members, people I'm in relationships with, not that I'm in multiple, whatever. <laughs> the person I'm in a relationship with knows quite a bit, but like the stuff, like all the stuff she knows. She gets the phone call. And it's the stuff that I may not say in, in other arenas, but I have to say it there because if not, it's going to come out in how I eat or don't eat or all that shit. So um, uh, I consider my abstinence date to be October the 23rd, 2004. As a bulimic, I knew like the, the most obvious things that I eat a lot and then I get rid of it. So that's a problem. I think a lot of people don't do that. So that was what was most clear. And of course, I wanted to have all these addendas, like I'm not going to eat standing up, I'm not going to eat at a full moon, I'm not going to eat here, there. I mean, it was like cray-cray, like the list. Now my sponsor was like, okay, well, how about we start with what might actually be doable? Which is how about you just don't throw up? And I was like, well, fine, you can think that's my absence, but I'm really not going to eat, you know, at dusk or whatever my thing was. Um, and, uh, you know, almost eight years in, I'd done all of those addendas that I thought I was never going to do. I eat standing up sometimes, you know, and when there's a full moon, whatever else. But I have not, for those, for those almost eight, thrown up after eating by my own hand, forcefully, made it happen, <laughs> made it happen for myself. Uh, uh, and that's what I, that's my bottom line. There are top line behaviors, like eating three meals a day, like eating in this dress that's kind of tight and topless. I'm no, whoa, not topless, strapless. Freudian <laughs> 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 slip there, but you know, <laughs> Can we edit? Who's editing this? We'll fix it in post. So it's, it's a strapless dress. And yes, I'm actually going to have some dinner at this, at this wedding. I have no idea why I was talking about that because I just sidelined myself. What was I talking about? Right, right. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't need to starve anymore or to, to eat and throw up anymore so that I look okay in your eyes. Because is going to sound shitty, but quite frankly, I don't care so much anymore what you think. You know what I mean? And if I do, that's ego. You know? Yes, there's a part of me that's like, notice my red shoes, like them, love me for them. <laughs> but that's not going to, that, whether you do or you don't, like that's not going to fill me once I exit that door. You know what I mean? I have to. I, ha I don't have another choice other than to believe something so much bigger than the 50 of us sitting in this room has got me. Because otherwise, I'm really screwed. I'm really screwed. Because all I want is for things to be okay and to be okay in your eyes and just to be enough. I just want to be enough. And I'm certainly, in my own mind, not going to be enough. And I'm, gonna, I'm okay, right? Right? I'm going to call you 100 I'm okay, right? Things, I'm okay. We're good. Right, right, right? Right? And I turn around and she's like, wait, really? You know, like that's how I'm, I'm going to live if I left to my own devices. So if I can let some of that go and give all that to something so much bigger that has, has to, has to. Like, because it's everything or it's nothing. You know, this, this power greater than me beyond like what I can really comprehend has to have me. Because if not, what the fuck am I doing in here? Talking about being topless at a wedding. Like, what's going on? Why are we sitting here? I didn't call you guys to be like, let's talk about, you know? Something bigger is at work. It's got to be. Because those, there have been moments where I have wanted to pull the trigger, 
and get rid of things that I've eaten, and I haven't. Because I just don't do that anymore. I just don't. What, and, and what, so what do I do instead? I sit with it. I'm a bulimic. If I eat just a little bit too much or I'm full, because full apparently is a feeling. It doesn't have to mean you've got to get rid of it. You could just be full. And not like, oh, Jesus, i got to lie down full. But like, I'm full. We're good. I didn't know that feeling. I knew like utter starvation or it hurts so much, like side-splitting, ouch. But there, apparently, is this middle ground of like full where I can just be okay, just be content and just sit and be all right. And I don't know that. I know, like, let's fix, let's fix, let's keep running around and make it okay. Or, or that's so full that I have no other choice other than to get it out. And in here, I've learned how to be okay with there being some food in my stomach and then my life happening. Maybe not the way that I planned. This, you know? Bad things happen in abstinence. I don't know that they tell you that. You know? Bad things happen in life. Amazing things happen in life. But like, you learn, I learn, I have learned, I continue to learn, I am learning how to navigate all of that and have food be something I do a couple times a day to stay alive. That's it. It doesn't have to be the reward that it used to be or the punishment that it used to be. And I still... So that's, that's my allergy, the allergy of the body. I go just the hairline over what I think is perfect and right, and it's on and we're eating for days. That's the way it used to be, you know? Now I, I eat, and sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's tricky. I'm like, I could keep going and finish that. I learned to sit. Just kind of sit and pause for a second, and I feel all right, you know? That's a God pause to me. That's what that is. That's what, that's what this, this conscious contact with this thing bigger than me now looks like, you know? And that never existed before. There never was a pause before because it was all on me to fix and do everything. And if I didn't and if I failed, oh, God, it was awful. Well, fuck it. You knew you were going to fuck up anyway. Like, it was like, you know, that's the way that I live, you know? Um, and, hold on. There's a... Uh, 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 no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. That, I love this, how it works. Like, we're not saints. Like, I'm not a saint. I am just willing to grow along a spiritual line. That, somehow, when I, like, crawled on in here in 2004, there was some seed of that somewhere in my brain because I came back. I crawled back in and I crawled out and I crawled back in, you know, like I, I never, I never left. I was something willing to grow a different way because it wasn't working. And that's sad too, because it, it worked for me for a really long time. College is scary. Being in a sorority is scarier. So for some reason, the way that I manipulated the food to get to the day, like I needed that. And I, I don't need that anymore because I'm willing to think of it a different way. I'm, I'm aware that there's a different way to think. And to be and to act, you know, my experience now is different. Um, uh, I guess a lot in my, what do I have, like three minutes left? Um, I, touch, what did I, I touched on the wedding, I touched on my shoes, I think we're all right. <laughs> 
uh, our description of the overeater, like this is my description. This is what my experience is like. Next week will be somebody else. I'm a volume eater. I can put it away. Like I can put it away. Um, and then I realize, oh, well, I got to get rid of that because I don't want this shape to change. So that's, that's how I am. You hurt me. I'm going to eat over it. I'm really excited. I didn't get what I want. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. Um, the chapter to the agnostic, that's way too long to get into. And our personal adventures, just gave them to you, make clear three pertinent ideas. I'm a compulsive overeater and I can't manage my own life. I just can't. And that sucks. It sucks until you realize, or I, fuck, I keep saying that. It sucked until I realized there was a different way. Something else could manage my own life. Previously referenced, this thing bigger than me has got it, you know? So... Uh, probably no human power could have relieved it. Because if you would, I know you, you, I mean, if you could, you would, right? But you can't. You can just tell me ways to eat. I, I did that. I listened to that for so long. I went to camp and I did all this stuff that we do, you know, to learn how to eat right. And I don't know how to do that. I'm not wired that way. But this thing that's bigger than me, if I seek it, so God could and would if he were sought. Really? Well, I have to try. Why don't you try to seek and see what you find? You know what I mean? What's God? I had a, a, an idea coming in here, what I learned growing up. It, for me, it's not, you know, kneeling at some altar. It's in the car. Can, you know, bumper to bumper at 530. Where are you, God? Where are you at, God? You know what I mean? It's a conversation. Radio off. Talking to something bigger than me, giving away the stuff that's in my brain that that will cause me to do some harm to myself via food. That's what it, that's what it is to me. And then I see the result because as I'm driving, you know, my phone will blow up and I put my headset on because of hands free, and it's my sponsor calling me back or sponsee or somebody at a meeting or you know, like that's the way. That's this weird way this this works, you know. Um, and I'll just, you know, briefly end. It's, it's really nice to be in a room of so many of us, you know, because for so long, really my disease grew its legs in Manhattan. That's a big city with a lot of people, you know. And I felt like the only one who went from bodega to bodega to eat, to, to throw up, to this, to that. Like it's now knowing, like we're going to go dispense and disperse among our day here, but we're all still connected. Whether it's not till next Saturday when you're all back here, you know, or whether it's a phone call or, or, or some way to connect that we all have admitted that we're powerless or are in the process of admitting we're powerless over food, so what do we do? It's right there. Like, that's, that's what we do. The end. <laughs> Uh, this is the time for questions only. Yeah, there is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. The question was being a bit controlling. How do I find the willingness to work with a sponsor? Um, well, I went to several meetings, probably about a month or two worth. 
and I kept hearing, you know, about getting a sponsor. Well, I, first of all, I sobbed through, you know, the first, like, four weeks of them. Um, just because I'd never sat somewhere and, and been face-to-face -face with it and, you know, realized this is so much bigger than eating a grapefruit a day or whatever the fuck I thought I was supposed to do. So I took notes. In the back of a notebook, I have all these names and the phone numbers and, like, a little identifier, like something that the person said that made me, like, yes, that was it. And um, I kept hearing some person speak, specific, who's still my sponsor now, and I would write little things that she said. And I kept hearing, they have what you want. She's fucking funny. Um, uh, I saw something she does in her career, which is what I do and I thought okay so she's got this weird thing in her brain and can still do that okay we're that's pretty good and then there was a couple other things and I just called and I was terrified and I was pacing around my apartment and I got voicemail and I said hi I'm with you mother me and um, she called back and I was like, oh, God. And she's like, yeah, I'd love to. This is cool. This is great. This is, um, this is what we do. And I was like, all right. What do we do? Because, again, like, I, I set the bar here as a bulimic, and then I would reach here and fail, you know, usually. She's like, this is all you need to do. And gave me a specific, like, workable action that I could do. So I got out my good pen and the good paper, and I wrote my food history. Because that was, you know, that kind of stuff was easy. And there was something driving, like, I just don't want to do this anymore, that tailspin. And there were times, you know, later on when she'd asked me to do something or, or you know, I'd have some assignment and I was like, <laughs> and I would for a long time until it got so painful to not do it. And hearing, well, maybe you're not done yet. What do you mean I'm not done with a jar of peanut butter? Yes, I am. It's in my hair, under my nails. What do you mean I'm not done yet? I'm done, I'm done cut to three hours later buying another jar and eating it you know trusting like really trusting and I'm not a trusting person so what else is I going to do I don't I don't know it's a good question I just sort of had to Tony was asking about the value and benefit of service um Tony and I spent four joyous years together on the OA board um and uh Yes, I can answer your question. Yes, I can talk a bit about that. I, um, I, we had elections at one of the meetings I was going to. Somebody mentioned that they were looking for, for, uh, to fill the board positions. I had about two years, I guess, at the time. And um, some jackass nominated me. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Some wonderful person. And I accepted. And was like, well, I have two years. And I'm struggling. This was sort of around the soy nut butter business, which was happening while in abstinence. You know, it was tricky. But every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, excuse me, one first Tuesday of the month, I showed up and I fulfilled my position for that hour and then Saturdays too. And it, sometimes it was a pain. But it kept me here. It kept me, it kept me in the rooms and it, for that hour, I wasn't in the misfixit of the rest of my life and what I was going to eat later. Like, I was there with them. And then I also I was doing workshops at the time. That was my, my committee. And I got to put on ones that I was struggling with. 
I, it was about the time my sponsor was like, you know, you might be ready to, to choose sponsor yourself. So maybe in the, the little the book, start writing yes for sponsorship instead of no, not ready, not yet. And I wrote yes while I was doing service. And then I put on a workshop about how the fuck do you sponsor, you know? And I helped other people at the same time, but you, service kept me here, you know, for sure, because I had a commitment. And now as, as a bulimic, I want an out. Well, I don't know if I can make it. Maybe I'll try. But when I said yes, I was in and I was all in, you know. So, then we good. Uh, the question is, uh, bulimia being such an angry, uh, such an anger suppressant or a way to get rid of the anger once the bulimic action stops, how do you then deal with that anger? Um, well, for those, I'm not going to get too graphic here, but for those of you that aren't aware or haven't had the benefit of ever having a bulimic moment, it's a very violent thing. It's a very hurtful thing. It's a very hate-filled thing. You know, it's not like, I think I'm going to. It's like, let's go. Let's get this out. Let's pull the hair back. Let's get the water. Let's blow it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get this out. Every king last bite is out. I want nothing. I want it out. It's very violent and very angry, and it's a way to be mad at it was a way for me to be mad at myself for doing it, and you, because quite clearly, what you said, didn't say, fueled it. So that was like the... So when I stopped, um, I think there was a lot more than just anger, which I think is why, for the first two months, there were a lot of tears. I don't cry, for the record, unless I'm being paid and there's a camera right there. Um, I sobbed, like guttural, tear, like a river, like, is this shit going to stop? What am I crying over? And these memories of being five and six, and I was like, what? Ah! So it was tears first, because for me, I think this sadness and this fear is what mask, you know, was then masquerading as anger, and, um, and all those other emotions that I can't even name right now. So it was very raw. It was very raw. I was just sad and scared and confused and full of fear for a really long time. Um, uh, and the challenge back in like the very, very beginning was how do I eat something at like breakfast time, which is generally morning hours, nine-ish, I don't know, depending on when I woke up. Um, how do I eat something at that time and then get through the rest of the day knowing that there's food in me? You know, that's what was so tricky. Because if I was going to eat at nine back in the day, forget it. That was it. If I woke up and, you know, had this morning ritual of like eating something people call breakfast, I didn't stop until I was then getting rid of it. So for me, it wasn't anger that arose initially. It was like, okay, there's, there's food and I got to continue through the day. How do we, uh, how do you do this? It was a lot of just sitting and praying and I think being forced so to speak straight into the prayer so early on because I didn't know how else to get through the day that helped to, to quell some of this anger and then the fourth step happened and I ripped through some pages to deal with, with anger so hopefully that helps um, so the question is about um, the ninth step which is making direct amends to people we've harmed whenever possible except when to do so and into them or others um, so well, backing up, so eight, I had to make a list of all the people that I'd harmed. Um, 
which was fairly easy because uh, a lot of mine were, were uh, financial. I had a lot of financial amends to make. Um, because fueled by making myself enough, what's going to make me enough is material things. If I have the right material thing, you're all going to think I'm okay. But the stuff that I really wanted that's going to make me okay, it's fucking expensive. You know what I mean? And how dare, how dare the store charge so much? Um, so, yeah, so I was going to, damn it, I was, and that was anger too, actually. God damn it, I'm going to make myself enough. You just watch. You just watch. So, um, the, the ones that I knew that really turned my stomach were a lot of financial ones. And, and with, this, with my sponsor, we came up with the, pretty much three institutions which I owed money to. And, where, oh, right there. And so it was a money order sent, what I could. Some days I'd be so in it and I'd call my sponsor. She'd be like, why don't you go uh, bust uh, 10 bucks out to so-and-so, to that, to that place? Why don't you do that? And I did it, you know? Sometimes it was more than 10 bucks. Sometimes it was like $7.50. But, and it was, uh, uh, so that was, that was the, the doozies. A lot of mine are living amends. Because, though this is ever-changing, uh, a lot of the way in which I harmed you was because I, again, that, so I was so afraid and didn't want to show up and you're not going to like me and I'm not going to do it anyway. So I didn't go to your wedding. I didn't show up for your insert thing here. So a living amends was like, no, now I go. When I feel fat, when it's not right, when all these things, when I don't have them all in a, a neat, pretty line, like I show up anyway, I go anyway. And I was in the middle of the fourth when, when somebody waved the fucking wedding wand in New York and all of my friends got married, like within like, I don't know, six months or something like that. And I did a lot of trips back to New York and I showed up for the engagement parties and the weddings and the, the you know, like I, I went to them. And now, I was asked when I was just talking about this last night, I'm not on the, um, the thing where everybody says what they're doing. Yeah, that, I'm not on it. Um, and it comes in handy when you have people who have their birthdays on there, you know, because you can be like, oh shit, happy birthday. I don't have that benefit. I have to remember now. So in my calendar are like the top five birthdays that I always call a week late. Oh shit, I'm so sorry. I forgot. I don't forget now. Well, okay, let's call it space space. I may forget, but I get a pop-up alert reminder or whatever. And I'm like, oh, right. Give, give Leslie a call, you know, when you didn't for so long. Um, but a lot of them are, are living amends. I don't, I don't, just because it's not nailed down doesn't mean I take it, you know? So, yeah. The, um, the question is about the higher power. How, how do I connect? And when, there's a, when it's a struggle, how do I find it? Like, how do I find that, that faith in something bigger? Um, I think coming in, it was such a, it was difficult to wrap my head around, but it was such a relief that all these programs sayings and slogans like they got me through it because I came in and like the shit literally and figuratively like hit the fan right as I came in so there was nowhere else to go because I had a relationship back in New York and that was it that was solid it was strong it was a rock it was you know and that disintegrated 
as it does when one moves across the country. I didn't realize that was going to happen. I thought it was just going to be fine. Uh, so the number one person that I would have called, like, you're never going to believe that you broke up with me. I can't call anymore. And this new people out here didn't know this whole situation and my whole stuff and the way it was like. So it was like, where I have to go to something bigger. Like it was, it was a relief because I could give all this stuff to something just, just so much bigger because I can tell you all, I keep using you, I'm sorry. You must be tired. Um, I can give you all this stuff. What are you going to do with it? How are you really going to fix me? Really? Really? Can you? You promise you're never going to go anywhere? But at any time of the day or night to be able to like talk to something and feel silly doing it and try to come up with the perfect icon that was going to represent what was going to save my life, it was just such a relief to give it to something give it to God and writing the person down and putting it in the coffee tin God box well all right okay if that's going to help me not think about how I'm going to fix my entire life you know um that was what it was like in the beginning again no other choice I remember leaving my my job at the time like go into the bathroom and uh I had learned how to cry like face like straight down so that it didn't ruin the makeup so the tears would like drop <laughs> never forget this drop out of my eyes just kind of like this and then I could kind of shake and they and I'd come back up and I would do that several times a day in the bathroom on my knees there was something ritualistic I'm on my knees again in the bathroom whoa but not like that like help help because everything else has failed the internet the diet books the cutting out people whatever it had failed now it's it's like a it's like a constant contact I, there's a bit of the book that says um prayer is, is the talking or the asking to god and then the meditating is the listening so i don't have to be you know seated at an altar or kneeling here to do that in the car it happens walking here it was happening i was like god make me a channel tell me what you want me to have me speak what these people these people need to hear or need to know or need to be reminded of or that I need to say like that's what it looks like now all right so the the question is how is my um my relationship with self changed as a result and how do I deal with not being good enough um well that's the fucking doozy to end on right um my relationship to myself changed I'm a lot <coughs> I almost got through the whole fucking meeting without getting emotional. Um, not as mean to myself anymore. There's still a bar by which I hold things, but when I don't hit it, it's not this, this devastating blow that I need to then really hurt myself with. I don't have the nicest of chatter to myself a lot of the time. And sometimes I don't realize that because it's that same brain that's saying that stuff to myself. So when I then call a friend or a fellow, um, and I'm like, yeah, but da, 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 I, I hear from somebody else, whoa, why are, whoa, why are you talking to yourself like that? Or like, you, you, I hear the thing I need to hear that makes me go, oh, wait, right, that's right. Maybe I don't have to be quite so mean. Um, or maybe what I think in my head to be the truth isn't. And that's not why I didn't get it. Or that's not why blah, 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 blah. Um, a fellow uh, actually 
Well, I had to do one of the biggest amends, back to, to your question, was, was, a, was a self amends. Uh, um, and uh, I had to do, on this piece of paper, I had to write all the things I think I am. Oh, and that was pretty brutal because the, the words are not nice. They're not something, and it never works for me. Would you say that to a little kid? Well, shut the fuck up. It's not a little kid. It's me. So why would it just, you know, wait a minute. But I was, because I said that to myself when I was little too. So I had to write all these things that I thought I was, and then the opposite of them. And then it was right on the mirror, right there. So whenever I went to the mirror, or three times a day, which I went a lot more than that, um, but my sponsor would have me read out loud, I am these things, all the opposite of unworthy and, and all of that. I still have a piece of paper, actually. Um, and reading it, sometimes it was just like, viral, like, do you know what I make? And sometimes it was sitting there sit sad, like, this is going to be lame, but actually sitting there like this. Well, in like a sort of hug. That's brutal. It sounds really stupid and irony, but it was very effective. And um, just reminding, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe my brain isn't right. But I can come up with all the empirical evidence as to why it is. And of course I'm not enough because this thing hasn't happened. Maybe. But maybe there's a whole other way to think about things. And wouldn't that be nice for like a fucking minute to think like, well, maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know everything. All right, fine. All right, maybe I don't. So thank you.